0: connect with us on social media at longhorn pod on twitter facebook and instagram the longhorn republic or shoot us an email longhorn republic pod at gmail.com my name is gerald Goodrich. your are under the weather podcast host this week like i'm not thankfully every week but i'm joined by a man who will never get tired of screaming oh you sucks kyle carpenter kyle how are you
1: you know um there are things that i think about You know, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious, but uh, I changed out of my uh, my full beach uh, matching short set um, and kept the the shorts, uh, but but put my Longhorn polo on after the first drive where we went three and out, and you know we basically scored on like our next six. Um, So it may have been me. Um, I I I said OU sucks a certain amount of times. I'd have to go back and count it so that I can do the exact thing next year. I don't know. Gerald, when when something is as good as what the game we're about to talk about, you, you start to get a little bit, you know, a little bit superstitious, a little bit optimistic. You know, the, these 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 feelings start creeping in. I, I've always said you don't get too high on a team when you win, you don't get too down when when you lose. But there's very few games in the history of one's life that go as perfectly and flawlessly as the one we watched on Saturday and we get to talk about. Like I'm, oh, you sucks and and. That very
0: likely might be true they might suck Um, uh, but Texas looks good it could have been like 70 points like let's just put that out there like it, it, it should, should have been have 52 been. points at the very least but um, it could have been 70 points but Texas called off the docks and I texted this to you following the game I can't ever remember either team in recent memory and I've been watching Texas football for quite a while now getting to rest their starters for the entirety of the fourth quarter yeah and with that, OU still wasn't able to score on Texas's second unit defense. Granted, they probably weren't pushing as hard. They were trying to get out there. But... The opportunity was there for them to put up just a, a pride touchdown. Like, a, we're not going to get blanked by Texas. And they just rolled over and took it. Like, if the shoe was on the other foot, if this if the, if the this was a Texas team that was on the uh, Brent Venable ship, I feel like the hat would be being passed around right now to, like, get that guy out of here. If you, if you watch this post-game press conference, that's a man with no answers. Like, I just don't they're starting to remember why they ran him out of town a decade ago, but we're going to keep talking about that, but it's going to be a good, it's going to be a, a fun one tonight. We've got a lot to talk about with Texas. and OU. you've also got a lot to talk about uh, elsewhere on campus. Women's swimming got started soccer, killing it. Volleyball continues their level of excellence. Tennis is back in action, both for the men and women, women and a weird result in the uh, fall ball season. We'll obviously close the show out with some bang the drum and, for a school that was all gas, no breaks, mm. uh, we 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 kind of shied away from that early in the year because well, that was the motto last year, and uh, it was all breaks, no gas, and a lot of <laughs> second halves. But um, that did not happen against OU, and a lot of the players have been talking about the revenge tour, and this one felt cathartic. I'm just gonna be like. I, uh, I live in Oklahoma City, if you don't know, and I went to the barber shop today, and I was rocking my Texas polo with my white Texas Pegasus last year's. I, don't, I didn't love this year's, I'll be honest with you, but I rocked this year's, last year's Pegasus on my feet, and, like, my barber's actually from Texas, from San Antonio, and he, uh, he was hyping me up, and it felt good. It really <laughs> felt good to be able, after these last four years, especially after last year, to be able to just, like, you know, yeah. Texas did the dang thing, and we haven't really been able to say that in a very long time against OU. And so now Texas looks like a legit team again. Texas looks like a legit contender for the fifth of six games they've held the opponent to under 21 points, under three touchdowns incredible, incredible performance from the defense. Obviously Quinn Ewers comes back and the offense catches fire to the tune of 49 should have been 52 points. Ewers did the dang thing there. There is so much to talk about. Um, and there are there are advanced stats people that are like that were arguing on Twitter about when they should officially consider this game garbage time. Like, is it halftime? Is it halfway through the third quarter? Like, what is garbage time in this game? Uh, because that is an OU team that just did not. It looked like an FCS team. Like, I I don't know what else to say. Like, this looked like a team you you pay a million and a half dollars to come and pad out your non conference schedule. There's no two ways around
1: it. Yeah, if, if there was any drawbacks to this game, right, it's uh it's that you didn't get to pad the stats enough, right, Bijan. John's Heisman campaign didn't get the uh, the fourth quarter cushion that it that it could have. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he came out with five minutes left in the third. Uh, Quinn Ewers didn't throw a a pass. Uh, I think with se- the final seventeen minutes, uh, or Texas didn't throw a pass. The Nobody final, threw a pass. Yeah, the final Any seven. Of the three
0: quarterbacks that played.
1: Right. The, the final seventeen minutes of the game. Um, so you know there could have been more stat padding, right? Like it, the, you could really argue garbage time was at forty two. Um, minutes and take away the Jonathan Brooks touchdown I, I know Gerald that pains you and you should not do that you, you want it he deserves it Um, but but yeah I mean it's it's crazy they got up 42 nothing and they easily had enough time that they could have scored three four more touchdowns had they kept doing what they were doing they were merciful and I appreciate that um, again the twos getting in with with Hudson Card in there with Charles Wright in the threes Uh, getting in there Jonathan Brooks getting a touchdown Jaden Blue got carries I mean we got to see a lot of guys on both offense and defense and I mean what a celebration like right for for you know guys who've been around the program for a while for walk-ons playing like that's I mean incredible stuff like in like as a walk-on you never think that you get to step on the field in a meaningful way during the Red River game you don't like you come to school you, you practice your butt off you, you scout team, you do all the things, you don't think you get that reward, so um, incredible, right, like incredible for for the the freshman who got in there, right, your first time, again, you probably don't expect, if you're not a five-star freshman, that you're playing in this game for a year, maybe two, just really incredible for that, I mean, yes, it could have been way worse, but I mean, the the, the part that broke my heart was OU, on the last play of the game, is time expired, got an 11-yard run, which basically took the the yardage differential under 400. It was plus four, over 400 yards in Texas's favor, uh, yardage differential. I mean, it like as sound, a, a tail whipping. It's hard to do that against Rice. It's hard to do that against air to get plus 400 yards. You have to completely shut someone else down and just completely, you know, punch every time with your own team. Like, just, just, I mean, an annihilation that I've never seen. All, you know, all the stats, not since 19 or. Uh, First shutout of OU since 1965. Largest point differential of all time um, for Texas. I mean, it, 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 all those stats for sure. But just on the eye test, it's been a one-score game the past eight years. Even though OU has won a lot of those, Sark has absolutely, absolutely dominated this OU team six out of eight quarters. So unfortunately, has a one in one record to show for it. <laughs> but, I mean, like the first half of last year and all four quarters of this year, OU didn't belong on the field with that Texas. So, hopefully – you know that becomes the 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 norm, and Sark just is that coach, that guy who knows how to get his team up in that that stadium for this game, and this becomes a long tradition.
0: You mentioned like it was cathartic for some of these guys, a guys like a guy like Jordan Whittington, who's been here for. 4 years and yeah. hasn't beaten OU, right? You've got yeah. a guy like Deshaun Jameson who was a freshman the last time tired Snacks Coburn, a guy who in 2018 didn't was not really a contributor but got to clap back at Baker Mayfield which was nice, right? But then that team went around went back and lost to Oklahoma in the conference championship game, right? So like these are people that have not beaten Oklahoma in basically the entirety of their collegiate career and it felt like a lot of that catharsis and I, I'll just like be honest with you. I had an OU fan texting me at halftime being like, man, like you guys got this. And I was like, didn't we both watch the same game last year? Like this could be weird, but I, I, it felt like s- some demons were exercised. It felt like Sark really wanted to make a statement, but be he was, Classy pregame talking to you know Chris Fowler and, and talking about the um, the impact that Lee Corso has made on college football. I mean, it was classy during the game by not scoring seventy because he very much could have made this a statement game. And I think in not doing that, he made a statement, right? Where it's like we we know who we are, we know what we are, we don't need to do anything, we don't need to go hang seventy because we looked like the better team wire to wire outside of that one. Opening that one three and out to open the game, which gave me a little pit in my stomach, not gonna lie. Um, but after that, it was all downhill. Ewers completed like 14 of his first 16 for two touchdowns. Finished the day 21 to 31 for 289. Four touchdowns. A weird interception. Ball slipped out of his hand off the back foot, right? like He was trying to throw it out. The ball slipped out of his hand, apparently, as he was trying to throw it out of bounds. Just kind of wobbled. It's one of those ones our, our old high school D coordinator would quack like a duck and, and fake like he had a shotgun. Uh, that was just what it was. It was just a weird one. Uh, Jordan Winnington had himself a game, both um, catching five receptions for 97 yards and putting people through the the crust and into the mantle of the earth. Uh, on pass blocking. JT Sanders. Putting up record numbers, going to put himself on both the season and career record yards in his first year as a starter. Five for 71 for two touchdowns. Uh, Rather pedestrian night for Xavier Worthy, four touchdowns, 37 yards and a touchdown. Um, And he also had some really incredible blocking. And I think we, we have to talk about the passing game first because a lot of what made Texas successful on the ground was the fact that like they were able to test the OU defense deep. Whittington was able to find some space. Sanders was able to beat his man on basically every target he had. And they were shading coverage to worthy. Worthy still got his, but um, overall it opened up the, the, the offense for them. And Ewers came out looking like the man, like we knew he was going to be. He looked like the same. He looked better, honestly, than he did against Alabama uh, before the injury.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? You saw Alabama with yours and early on with Card really say we're gonna, you know, make the quarterback beat us and focus on flooding the box and we'll we'll take one on one deep matchups. You know, if you, if you can get it there, good luck. And Worthy was an absolute menace in that game. OU never gave Worthy a one-on-one deep matchup. All of his uh, yardage came on short stuff. The only, you know, single coverage he got was on that beautiful RPO design to to get the safety to step up off that motion on the, the little kind of post slant uh, in the end zone, right, which, again, went up and got the great catch. He did have a, a drop on, like, a, a Ewers scramble, uh, but, you know, it was the exact same kind of area the next play where Bijan made his crazy catch. So it just showed you was, was going to get the ball to somebody on that spot on the sideline. Um, but, you know, so were these, were these, you know, secret weapon is always going to be a speed. And when they say, you know, we'll put a guy on you and, and a safety, just 20 yards deep over you. Um, it, it makes it hard to, to do that. They know that Texas, you know, likes to max protect sometimes and just let worthy double mover one, you know, run one route and, and, you know, you don't need, uh, five guys covering zones if they're only running two or three receivers out there. So you really made a, a point to do that, and you quickly saw Texas kind of adjust and just say, okay, we'll, we'll throw a lot of 11 to, to, to 18, maybe 25-yard plays, or we'll get – Uh, You know, 24 yard underneath crossing routes to, which is a very deep crossing route, to Whittington, where we'll just eat you up there if you're going to just take worthy out. So Texas adjusted to it. I love the way they ran the RPOs. That's where, as much as I love Card, and we'll talk about. Hudson Card you know, didn't play a ton in this game but you could feel his presence Um, but as much as I love that guy there is that little bit with Worthy right it's that processing speed on the RPO he can ride that you know all the way and quickly get the ball out of his hands in in .1 seconds when he makes the read he seemed to make all the right reads in the RPOs when you went back and look at the tape it's that you know he doesn't have elite athleticism but it's his ability to get out of the pocket and he doesn't have to take that extra second to reset his hips to be able to throw the ball 25 yards downfield he can flick it with a wrist with no I mean his most of his touchdowns it wasn't throwing with his feet which you know any quarterback coach says you don't do that but he could do it just pure arm strength put a bullet where only his guy can can do it And you saw it time and again that throw to Jatavian Sanders for the first for for, for both touchdowns honestly but that first one with the ante- anticipation the touch to get it over the oh, I mean just just some really incredible stuff from viewers and again that's that's where you see that generational stuff but it was also again Sark's You saw Sark feel so confident in his play calling. I'm going to run multiple motions. I'm going to run RPO, and this guy will make the read and get the ball to where it needs to go, right? His misses, um, you know, we talked about that arm strength, the fact that it quacked out of his hand. I'm sure he thought that was going to go five rows up in the the stadium because he can fling it that far. Um, That one. somebody a souvenir. Right, and the Whittington touchdown, I think, I, I have to imagine that's one where you're just trying so hard to throw that perfect. It's like hitting a three-pointer when, you know, there's no one around you. It's almost harder uh, because you're so wide open, right? And and Whittington could have had even more with that touchdown. Wish he would have got it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, just the passing game was, was perfect, but limited, right? They didn't have to get 20 guys involved to be successful. Now, they had five or six guys, and it could have been any one of them on any play, depending what the defense did. Whoever the defense took away, they attacked the other way. But it was – two wide receivers who got catches, two tight ends, uh, three running backs, right? I mean, it was it was a small cadre of athletes that Texas just stuck with. And they were all, by the way, healthy. That's all your, your ones, you know, which is really nice this year to have everyone healthy there in this game. And you saw it. I mean, there was still more. This easily could have been a 350, 400-yard passing game with X getting a big one, with Sanders and Whittington catching a couple more, right? Even more to the backs. Like, there was more – here. Like this was a merciful 49, truly, in, in a way that it feels you know mean to say.
0: No, and you're absolutely right because Texas did not throw a pass for the entirety of the fourth quarter. They pulled their starters when they went up thirty or forty-two-nothing, and they didn't look back. And they and again, if they left the starters in. I think they all have multiple additional touchdowns. So um, it's a statement in and of itself. You don't pass for the final 17 minutes of the game and you still score 50 points. Like that is – absolutely uh incredible and for his for his trouble Quinn Ewers uh was named the big 12 conference newcomer of the week and the manning star, uh, award the manning award star of the week
1: now do you think there's any bias there do you think the mannings will give that award to arch when he's at texas or or is he is he have to abstain is this a recruiting thing i mean yeah there's a lot for the internet uh, message boards to, to take talk about on that one
0: I mean, Archie's Arch a three-star. We know that. So, like, let's just, <laughs> just leave it there. He's probably not going to be... He, he's only a .999 rating, not a full one. It's okay. Right, right. But, no. Like, the... The recognition that he is getting like, but it's hard to not think about a world where he doesn't get crushed by Will Anderson and like what Texas looks like now, uh, wish in one hand and spit in the other. See which one fit like fills up first. There's, there's a lot to, to be had there, but we're living in the, we're living in reality. And the reality of the situation is Texas looks good. Texas is favored in all of the games remaining on their schedule. I believe they're currently a 17 and a half point favorite. That line shot up a full touchdown, uh, gets Iowa state from the open, which is weird. But um, we we, let's get back to the point. Let's get back to the topic at him. Uh, Bijan Robinson once again had himself a day in the Cotton Bowl. Twenty-two for one thirty and two scores added on two receptions for fifteen yards. Fourth in the nation with in total offense with eight hundred and forty-eight yards. And again, he didn't play for the final, basically twenty minutes of the game. Right, like he did not have to do it all. And and there have been some games. Where he had to do it all, and this was a game where Bijan just did what Bijan does. There were a couple of spots where he was a shoestring away from going 60, he was a shoestring oh, away yeah. from going 40, and I cussed every time, uh, for reasons we'll talk about later in Podstra But like Roshan was great nine touches for 57 yards, uh, added on two catches for 38 yards, which is deception, deceiving because he had a reception for negative two yards and a reception for or 38 yards, so there's a something to be had there. Keelan Robinson. Everybody got touches. Keelan looked great, by the way. Four, uh, four for thirty-two, and then he had two catches for thirty-two yards and a score uh, on that touchdown. Uh, we do have to talk about the blocking of Xavier Worthy and J.T. Sanders. Like Absol- we'd be remiss if uh, we didn't have that conversation. Jordan there. Whittington. Or Jordan Whittington. Yeah. First of all, we all talked about Whittington during the game, where Whittington just put like he buried that dude. He put him in the like he put him in the earth's core. Um, but when you look at it, you go back and rewatch it, watch the clips. Um, Xavier Worthy was like textbook, right? Put him, put his body between the defender and the runner. As soon as the runner's clear, disengage. Like, it was absolutely textbook blocking. And shouts to Brendan Marion for getting those dudes right because in years past, the, the wide receiver blocking has not been that good. And so part of the reason why the running game was so good is because Guys like Brendan Thompson are coming out and blocking and creating space uh, for these guys in the second level and getting the springs that turn into big run.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if I'm Jordan Whittington's agent, I make two tapes that I send to NFL teams. One is that, you know, that diving catch that he made just in space, fully extended, absolute fingertips, strong hands, like a perfect catch and, you know, include some of his his plays where he catches screen passes and quickly <laughs> gets 10 yards and truck somebody. Like, he can do all of that. But I also make a second tape. I used to always joke about this when I covered the Spurs, saying, you know, Admanu it, it, Ginobili's high, is his Hall of Fame induction, which recently happened. Um, they would have one of, of, you know, him scoring and doing, but just an entire second highlight tape of passes, just all of his passes, because <laughs> it, it wasn't just, I mean, he could just do magical things. In the same way... Uh, Whittington deserves to have a blocking tape. He he I mean, if if you tell me there's only a handful of tight ends in the country who block better than him, I believe it. I, I don't know that I've seen a, a wide receiver in the country this year on any team. Who's a better blocker either run blocking or down the field after the catch blocking than Jordan Whittington like again I put him in a in a elite tight end category I mean he he, he run blocks better than most of our offensive line at this point <laughs> uh, um, but you know like it, it, it's it's that selfless stuff and like you said to see Thompson and Worthy who aren't the biggest guys do it it shows that it's a coaching thing it's a mentality thing but it shows that they're bought in and, and I mean that team self will talk about on the defense a little bit too but trusting each other doing a little something for each other goes to a, a culture um that, that that leads to wins but yeah I, I think you know Roshan that play that that great on Roshan because he got the yards after and he, he had a great little run and I wish he had a little more sideline he could add a touchdown all the other backs did but uh <laughs> some credit on that goes to Sark just that all the motion and the stuff they've been doing before that to get the defense flowing one way and then you just turn around to hit Roshan on that little screen with a tackle and center pulling to clear the way I mean it was just such beautiful play design and then Roshan of course ate it up if you want to talk about those seniors you're happy for you have to be happy for my guy Roshan Johnson the the, the heart and yeah. soul of this team but Keelan too getting getting that you know this is why he came to Texas right getting that exposure in a big game you know being being he may be the third running back, but he also may be, on any given time, the fourth most dangerous guy on a top 10 offense, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, it, it, it is um, – he, he's got a lot going on there. But, uh, but yeah, the, the thing, Gerald, I think we have to talk about here. Multiple people texted asking how excited you were. Your guy, Jonathan Brooks, a GB2K, year
0: 2 JV2K, baby! A year
1: ahead of schedule, at least – uh, getting a, his touchdown in the Red River uh, showdown.
0: Shootout rivalry.
1: Whatever you want to call it. Uh, this was the stat that blew my mind per Pro foo- Football Focus. Four of the top five graded running backs in Big 12 this week were Longhorns, and Jonathan Brooks was amongst that. That is
0: incredible. He's a year ahead of schedule. He And let's like... OU might be this year's Kansas. Like, let's just put that out there. Like, sure. I was listening to – if you haven't listened to the full cast after dark from this from this week, they've got a great, great section on Texas OU. Um, but they um, – like, they, they're calling OU Kansas' get-right game this week. So, like, that is how <laughs> – by the way, OU, OU is a touchdown favorite. Like, I'm legitimately considering putting my kids' college funds on Kansas. Like, K, KU plus, plus seven – Against OU, this come on like if
1: if if one quarterback's healthy and the other isn't, or they're even if they're both healthy, then then you you
0: you might you might not be wrong. Yeah, it's 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 possible. Anyway, moving back along, (laughs) um, it it, it's this is not the type of game we expect to see from OU, but part of the reason why the running backs were so successful is the offensive line did its job. Four point two line yards per rush. OU's front seven had a six point seven percent. Havoc rating where they did something to create Havoc in the backfield Kyle do you know What the approximate is rounded 6.7% do you know Of the Texas total plays how Many 6.7% is
1: Oh I imagine it's
0: it's gotta be Like four Or five plays five plays. <laughs> five <laughs> Havoc plays from the OU defensive line That has terrorized Yes. Texas fans.
1: I remember with like...
0: simple twist yes. stunts. Yes. Three years ago, I'm pulling my hair out. It's like, they're just a twist stunt. We ran this in Pee Wee's. BVYA, Buffalo Valley Youth Association. <laughs> like, come on. Like, get it together. Um, but like, and, uh, the way the offensive line performed was really... Like, Kelvin Banks is emblematic of that. I think it's something that I want to call out. Like, there's a play where... The OU player got real upset because Kelvin Banks did uh, what our offensive line coach used to say was, in the red zone, make your man score a touchdown. And that's what Kelvin Banks did. And that little OU defender got upset about it, got his feelings about it. Um, But that's exactly what Texas needs to do is just be big, be nasty, be mean, and make them pay. Make them get pissy about it.
1: I actually thought it was very, very generous of Kelvin Banks to, one, keep that man alive. Um, it's the only time they got to the end zone. <laughs> and, two, exactly, to, to, to give them their one trip into the end zone came via a ride from, from Mr. Banks. That 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 ah, It's such a beautiful statistic. Um, but, yeah, I love it, right? Like Sark said, love a feistiness. is a freshman. You're one of the best like pass blockers in the country. You, you have something you want to prove that you're also one of the best run blockers you think you are ready to play in the nfl today if rules allowed it i love it you look like you are go out and be nasty in this game your first time you're 18 you got you know you got things to millions to be made and 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 you know uh, legend to be written uh you're already turning into a fan favorite i mean i loved it that was it was like one of my favorite plays of a, of a game that, that featured a lot of really incredible, wonderful plays. Um, I really love having him there for the next couple of years. like just it's, it's such a nice feeling to truly have. It's weird. like I don't think people understand how rare this is to have a freshman be this dominant. Like you could argue right now Calvin Banks is the best freshman in the country at any position, like the way he is contributing. Yeah. Like Malachi Starks for Georgia is doing a lot for a good defense. Like I get it. Um, you know, that running back for Ole Miss, sure. Like th- th- there's some people doing some things. I'm not saying there's not other good freshmen. Um, but God, I mean. at Pound left- for pound, literally and figuratively. Right. At left tackle, at the position, you know, of, of most import. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, absolutely agree.
0: If he's this good. At 19 years old, imagine him in two years at 21 years old, right? Like, imagine him when he... because, like, let's let's be real here. He's not in his grown man body yet. That big man is not in his grown man body yet. It's not constructed like a grown man body. It hasn't even had he he was not a he was not an early enrollee either. Like that is that is fresh. That is a fresh fall enrollee. So imagine him in a full off season with this tech like. This is going to be – And one of the things that we have to talk about for the future is like there's only one guy graduating off this offensive line. There's only one. They're only losing one, and they're getting one back who's an upperclassman next year.
1: Yeah, he's going to have have to fight for his spot if they keep improving every game. I mean, this offensive line legitimately was a strength – of Texas this week. They kept a clean pocket. They, you know, run blocking still, there's room for improvement, but they, they had a couple. I think Bijan's second touchdown where they created that wall kind of ran him off tackle and it was, it went back and watched the breakdown of it. I mean, perfectly formed a wall where Bijan was one on one and I think the guy acted like he didn't see him so that he didn't get worked. But it was, it was like admittedly flawless that I don't know that you could execute that run blocking anymore perfect. So, I mean, there were run plays where they were truly great. Um, but in, in pass protection, when you have your freshman quarterback coming back, from an injury and you want to keep him clean by god they kept him clean all game kept him clean I mean that's you love to see it I love I'm gonna say the six because Carrick gets in there a lot or Sanders drops back and blocks a lot and both of them did fantastically I love all the guys who are in there competing blocking all the receivers blocking the blocking on this team is far ahead of where we thought it would be and we said if Texas can just move up incrementally from where they were last year they don't have to be perfect this can be a good team and look look this is what we're seeing
0: We said, you don't have to be great, just don't suck. You don't have to be great, just don't suck. And they have far exceeded that expectation, and it's showing all over the offense. We had a similar tune for the defense. You don't have to be great, just don't suck, because the offense is going (laughs) to score a bunch. And the the offense could have played an Iowa football game and won against OU based upon what the defense did. Held OU to 195 American Yards, 195 yards, 39 from the starting quarter. I can't tell you the last time an OU starting quarterback had fewer than 300 yards, right. 39 American yards. Kyle, I had to do some research on this for the inside of the numbers. Do you know the last time that Texas held a team or what's uh, held a team? To less than two hundred yards, excuse me.
1: Oh, jeez! Like I, I legitimately bet it was in the like. If it wasn't two thousand five, I bet it was like in the late nineties.
0: Okay, so it's not that far back. The contemporaries for OU here are North Texas and San Jose State.
1: Oh, sure, there you go. 2017 That's and 2014. fair. Fourteen. I, I was so, not thinking of. I was thinking of conference games. I was not yeah. thinking of uh, of of the the cupcake games. Ye show you. That's that's um and specifically. That San Jose State team was was bad, historically bad,
0: historically bad. On that San Jose State team, Kyle, literally every other FBS team in the country scored a touchdown. The Iowa Hawkeyes scored. UConn Huskies scored a touchdown. The Oklahoma Sooners could not. I don't even know what to make of this, Kyle. I don't. I don't know what to do. So, like, there's that thing where
1: I've been rooting for ULM all year, right? Like, it's good for the teams that we play to be good, right? Texas, according to Pro Football Focus, take take it for what you will. That's the 10th hardest strength of schedule right now. Uh, okay, we'll see. Um, <laughs> like, I want UTSA to be good. It's good for the teams you beat to, to also be good. It looks good. With OU, I hope they lose out. Like, I hope they lose every game. I don't care if it hurts our strength of schedule or whatever. I just hope... They, I I, 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 hope they've scored their last points on the season. Everyone else can shut them out too. Whatever, like, let this hurt. Like, o, OU football coach Matt Rule, um, <laughs> he can make Venables as DC. I don't know, but
0: yeah, it's just this. Ah. I don't want that. I think Rule is Rule is too good. Don't no. <laughs> Keep it far away from OU. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Give give give, give, give Venables and Jimbo both five year extensions.
1: I yeah. agree. I agree. They need time.
0: Texas, again, held them to 195 yards, two turnovers, three of 15 on third downs, two of four on fourth downs, nine of 17 for 39 yards and two interceptions. One was a weird pop pass out of their um, wildcat formation that I'm honestly glad they didn't do more of. Um, 42 yards, 156, uh, uh, 42 carries for 156 yards for 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, OU was 0 for 5 in power rushing situations which means they did not get a single conversion when they had less than two yards to gain um it was just an absolutely dominant performance that the offensive line the interior offensive line to sweat kandre coburn playing like a man who is in need and is hungry for an nfl contract not just snacks but moro jomo had a heck of a game like this was just a total defensive domination and it started in the trenches
1: Uh, you you have to give credit right i mean they the OU had a game plan, and you think back to the Bryles, uh, kind of when they didn't have any quarterbacks, what, 2015 or something like that, um, and, and they gave us everything we could handle in that one. Um, this this was Lebby, you know, from the Bryles family, literally, um, was uh, was I think, you know, trying to channel that. You knew they were going to do something. Um, but you're right. I'm glad they didn't do more of the Wildcat, but there was very clearly a point where Texas started playing downhill and teeing off of all running plays, Wildcat or otherwise, where they just really, they really couldn't do anything. And, I, and again, I think a lot of that comes to that defensive front. Um, Tavondre Sweat is is really a revelation. Like some of the, the plays he's made look like, you know, Coburn's having a breakout year. People are giving him first round grade. I think if, if Sweat has three more games and people realize he's just the same size and has probably as much upside, like look at what TQ Graham is doing, right? Like these guys coming out, these big, Lineman at Texas, it's it's these these are brisket boys, right? They low and slow. They need a little time to cook to get to where they really are. Except except Byron Murphy, he's just pure pure you know top sirloin. But um,
0: he's he's been a grown man for ten years.
1: Correct, correct. But you know they need a little time. And fifth year Coburn is having the breakout season we all wanted him to have his whole career. And again, sweat needs like three more games where people realize, oh, this guy's just as good. And he could be a second, third round pick who has a good, long, healthy career. I mean, f- especially first two downs, NFL guy that size with the the strength, the technique, the ability to get up and knock down passes, you know, to, to uh, like, i love the going back all the way to the tech when you know there was the, the pass knockdown where he just clubbed the guys, you know, hands down and went to block him, hit him in the head to swim and immediately was in the quarterback's grill within two seconds. Like that type of technique plus power plus want to, right? There was a Coburn and a Sweat um, on key downs where they beat their man had to run stuff in the middle and made the tackle like slid in blew up the play and then made the tackle too right like for a defensive tackle we talk about it all the time with Puna and with a lot of these guys that you know GMs and coaches understand their value but fans don't always because it's hard when your job is to eat up blocks but right now our interior line is doing way more than that they are stuffing runs but they're also making tackles for loss they're also getting sacks Murphy had a sack in this one I mean a Jomo is is has been great honest to God like that as much as we dogged them last year for lack of living up to the hype, they have gone the other way this year where we tried to kind of talk ourselves out of it and play down a little bit where our defensive line was going to be. Um, but if you look at, you know, the way that they're, they're graded out uh, again, four of the um, four of the five top in the big 12 this year are on Texas defensive line. Those guys we just talked about. Um, I think tech had the other of the five, uh, the guy who made a play against us, but to Andre sweat, Uh, Keandre Coburn, Byron Murphy, and Moro Ojimo are looking like, you know, the heart of that defense, and it lets the rest of the team do things around them and play that complementary football. I alluded to that earlier, there was a play on a fourth down, right? Like, we said they were two for four on fourth. One of those was the fake field goal, and um, great, you know, great gumption, great upset playbook that, that OU went for it. The next play, they got eight yards. The next play, they got eight yards, so it's second and two. Texas held them three straight plays and didn't give up a first down and didn't give up points because they went for it on fourth down again. Like, that stand right there kind of made my eyebrows go up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, this team is here to do something. And then a couple series later, OU goes for it again on fourth and three. They have their quarterback who clearly is in, you know, a, it's a good play design, has uh, overshone where weeks pass and, and years pass. He feels like, well, i got to come off my man because I need to make this tackle. I don't know if anyone else is going to be here. got to play hero ball. You saw Overshown. You could see his eyes say, nope, and he goes with the running back who would have the very easy completion if he comes off, stays with him, and then comes flying – Jalen Ford comes flying down from from behind him and makes the tackle on a fourth down stop. Like, that's the stuff where you say, I have to trust my defense, and you're starting to see a team that trusts that the other players will – Play their assignment football so you can play yours and you trust if you don't make the play if you do miss something whatever someone is there people are swarming if you chip a guy but don't bring him down two more guys are going to swarm and tackle him that trust that feeling that it is 11 playing together is something that we haven't had in a little while and it honestly it's been night and day from last year. It really truly has. And I and I, you know, can't give enough credit to to the defensive coaching staff to Pete Kukowski who took a lot of guff in the offseason. And, and and I've seen people saying this is a Patterson game. I'm not saying Patterson did not have an influence on it, but this was a Pete Kukowski called defense. Just the calls that he did were the things that we watched on tapes uh, that he did at Washington. Like this was The way that pete kukowski plays defense this is how it's supposed to look um and you know again i don't know that 39 yards is is how it's going to look every week but it, it looked like the the optimized version and i i really hope that you know we can we can channel some of that going forward because the second half performance gerald that i saw from this texas defense might be Offensive, defensive, or otherwise, and Sark had some good offensive first halves last year. Maybe the best half of football that I've seen a Texas unit play in a decade. You know, like it, it was, it was flawless.
0: Things I want to call out, not just the interior, but like guys like Deshaun Jameson. Has, oh yeah, he's looked like a different player from a, from year to year. Like think of where he was two years ago, and honestly, how infuriating it was sometimes to watch him play. Like he looks like a guy who. Could could even talk to it. Like, I wouldn't have let him talk to an NFL scout two seasons ago. Yeah. Like, he looks like a guy who may have a shot to, to test out and do some things, right? Jaron Thompson looked really, really good. Jalen Ford didn't have to be the tackle vacuum, but they still got it done. DeMarvin Overshow, like you said, was able to play his spot, play his man, and not have to overcommit. And that is, and Sark mentioned it. You talked about trust, Sark mentioned it. In, in the press conference is like This is a defense That trusts each other This is a defense That feels confident With the man next to them And that's a powerful Powerful thing If you can come in And say I know that the person Next to me Has my back They've got their, They're they're going to do Their job So let me go do mine Like there's something Mighty powerful about that In team sports Because that's how Trust is built so I talked about it again today Consistency and execution That's how you build Trust on a team And that's where Texas is at right now Is they are consistent. Consistently executing, and things are going really, really well for them. Quickly talking about the special teams and kind of other stuff. Uh, Texas, like we said, could have had 52 points. Burt Auburn missed one, 0-for-1 on the day, but he hit all of his extra points. Uh, The Machete punted three times. I'm shocked he punted three times uh, for uh, 40.7 yards per. uh, But Texas held OU to 33 yards on two returns. Penalties were really a non-factor. Time of possession was relatively even, so like not a ton to talk about there. Uh, but we do have to talk about Kyle, the Pod Stradamus picks. You officially have pulled ahead, uh, eight to seven in this one. You hit. On a four-and-a-half-minute drive, hit it by a second, by the skin of your teeth, that's fine. It is what it is. It counts. It counts. Um, there was a – Texas definitely allowed yet less than 400 yards on that one. Uh, I got that Texas would go over two-and-a-half sacks. They had three. I did, not ha- I did not hit on the explosive touchdown run. There was a run of over 25 yards, but it was not a touchdown. Uh, Jonathan Brooks had an 18-yard run, but that doesn't count – for this one so Kyle officially leads eight to seven in the pods for this year
1: yeah the 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 t- scoring drives was was wild right they they scored 92 yards in three minutes 80 yards in three minutes they scored 79 yards and 248 uh 70, you were sweating you were sweating s- 76 yards and 307 And then they had the short field, 47-54 in in two minutes and two minutes 30. Um, And then I I had to go back and look. It was actually their very first touchdown drive. The 12-play 90-yard was four minutes and 30 seconds, which, again, to go 12 plays and 90 yards, that's very quick. Uh, Four minutes and 31. Um, I'm like Vegas sometimes when I get set those lines just right uh, to where where I could win. It was ridiculous, but I'll take it.
0: Hey, man, a win is a win is a win. You can't be mad about it. So we'll be back on – Thursday, hopefully my voice sounds a little bit better by then, but it probably won't. Um, we'll break down the matchup against Iowa State. Now it's the part of the show where we catch you up on all of the other fun stuff that happened on campus, and we down the 40. Number one, volleyball swept TCU 3-0. We talked about that on our Thursday show briefly. Um, they're hosting Kansas State this weekend on Wednesday, holding firm to that number one spot. Volleyball team's good. I, I don't like... I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. They graduated a good amount of talent. They had a lot of change and turnover in the portal, but this is just another really, really good team for coach Elliott. It might be one of the better ones we've seen in the last few years.
1: They have the talent to be for sure. Um, the thing that I like about this team, I've said it a couple of times is they have the depth this year. <laughs> they, they brought in a lot in the transfer portal. They have a, a good recruiting class um, the, the past couple of years, but uh, th- they have the depth where they can, if it's not one player, someone else can step up. And uh, I think that's, the difference they they are probably going to sweep the next few in conference um they're, they're just a cut above
0: speaking of a cut above men's swimming uh was in two places at once this weekend um most of the team went and knocked off tcu 180 to 95 to open the 2023 season on friday the rest of the team went to the smu classic to put on a show texas had just nine Swimmers in the pool there, but posted 348 points, 42 points ahead of second place Texas A&M. Even with half a team, we're still twice as good as those Aggies.
1: I mean, that's how good this team is, right? They they can compete in in two different places and win both. They're they they're just that good. Um, admittedly, the nine were all I think it's eight swimmers and one diver who all very 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 good. Um, so that's how you can do that. But uh, they the four hundred four hundred yard medley relay set a new SMU pool record time, top time in the country this season. Uh, Carson Foster was the high score of the meet, winning the two hundred backstroke, two hundred IM, and a third place on the two hundred medley relay
0: sounds impressive on the ladies side in the pool they started the season with a 187 to 91 victory over TCU 13 event wins for them uh, just another big weekend in the natatorium for the ladies
1: Uh, dust in the boots off as they like to say Uh, usually they call their opening weekend the the dust the dust your boots classic and they again you don't wear boots in the pool guys it's clever texas thing Um, but uh, they dusted them off they dusted them off even even more dominant than the men's team though i guess the men were missing a few but 187 91 good good solid sound victory to get the season started we're expecting big things from both of these teams
0: Good work, ladies. Another team, another ladies team that is doing big things. Number 23, soccer, uh, goes through and just beat both Kansas deep, took all the sunflowers home with them to keep their unbeaten streak alive at 12 matches, a 4-0 win over Kansas State and a 2-0 win over Kansas
1: yeah, the Kansas State one was interesting because you were you were thinking they were gonna break out. Um, and they they finally did in the second half in just a 14-minute stretch, they scored all four of their goals. Defender Cameron Brooks getting two, MJ Cox uh getting her fifth of the season, Jilly Shimpkin uh scoring one as well, and three assists from Trinity Byers. I mean, we know she can score goals. She had some really sick assists uh this weekend too. And she's she's looking like, you know, while Missimo's out, she's taking on the playmaker duties and looking like, you know, they're going to be battling for best player in the country or at least the conference uh, as soon as she's healthy.
0: I mean, if she's in her bag facilitating like that, like, that bodes well for the rest of the team, right? When your best player is also one of your best facilitators on the pitch, like, you cannot do better than that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and in the, the Kansas game, again, it was kind of similar. In, in the second half, they scored both of theirs, kept the shutout. Uh, Mackenzie McFarlane, the fifth-year senior, and Jilly Shimkin scored in this one. Again, two more assists for, for Byers, five on the weekend. Five of the six goals scored all came from her. Um, they kind of played it to her and let her uh, – let r- players run right off her. And she, again, the, the Kansas one, specifically they play into her she's got her back to the goal and she just kind of drops this no look shifty like if 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 Neymar does it you know it's all over sports center just dropped in the path of an on-running player to put it in the goal it's just just gorgeous stuff but um also, those are clean sheets. Someone has to keep them, right? That's Savannah Madden moving into third all-time with her 23rd career clean sheet. Just a couple stats here. Is
0: that, is that good? Is that good, Kyle?
1: It feels like it's very good. Yeah. I mean, I, solid, yeah. she's a super senior, so I, you know, give her credit for coming back to climb the re- record books. But... Uh, this is Texas' fourth straight conference shutout, tying a school record they've done three other times. The scoreless streak now stretches to just shy of 400 minutes since TCU scored in the second half, and they had that 1-1 draw. Um, they've stretched their their, their program uh, Big 12 conference record unbeaten streak to 14 matches dating back to the beginning of last year. In their last 14 Big 12 matches across two years, they are 10-0-4. Um, it's 702 days, Gerald, since someone uh, beat
0: them in a Big 12 regular season match. Man, like, I, I... You and I, as, like, soccer, you're a bigger soccer fan than I am, obviously, but, like, I'm a big UT soccer fan. Like, I've been watching them since the inception, basically. Like, this is so cool to see them, like, really, like, becoming Texas on the soccer pitch. Like, it's just so stinking cool to see. Up next for them, taken to Morgantown on Thursday. Hoping to get Lexi Misimo back, who's missed the last five matches Due to injury. Men's tennis, shout out to our boy Deep Brickings on Twitter, was at the ITA All American Championships in. Tulsa. Junior Elliott Spaziri fell in the single semifinals, and then the doubles pair of Spaziri and Cleve Harper were down in the semifinals on Saturday. Micah Braswell and CL Woldadab uh, made it to the round of 16 in singles. Uh, Spaziri and Woldadab had victories over top 10 nationally ranked opponents. Next up for them, the ITA regional Texas Regionals, which will be held in Waco on the 13th through 17th of this month. On the ladies' side, they racked up 13 wins uh, across three days at the HEB invite hosted by Baylor, Tech, and Tennessee were also involved in that one.
1: Yeah, on the women's side, uh, Vivian Avrutsky uh, went 3-0 in singles with ranked wins against 67-115 to take the singles. Title on the men's side, you talked about it. A lot of top ten, including the number two doubles team for Spazieri and Harper. Um, I believe there was also Spazieri had like a like a number fourteen win. So outside the top ten, but still they they probably had I don't know between the two teams I'd have to guess like twenty ranked wins uh, or, or, or better uh, this this past weekend. So a good good fall uh, showing for both men and women.
0: Finally, in like we talked about, kind of a weird result in fall ball softball. Uh, lost the game to Texas State, who's a sneaky good squad, 8-7. to seven.
1: Yeah, this one was a weird one. It, it looked like, you know, Texas State got up early, had an 8-0 kind of uh, scoring glut in the third or fourth inning, um, and Texas slowly chipped away and fought back to make it 8-7. to They couldn't get that final one across. But again, it's it showed some fight. It's not ever a time that you want to give up eight runs. Um, but, you know, in the fall when you've been just molly whopping the, the opposition before you uh and you have one of your players uh who transferred from your team over to texas state so there's some familiarity and emotion you want to win this one to, to fight back i think shows a little fight but you know they'll, they'll want to clean that up right you don't want any type of pitching that's going to give up eight uh at any point in the season would be nice but uh you know give something for coach white to coach on in the uh, the fall ball that, that doesn't necessarily count towards the record
0: And that's part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions of all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: I I hinted at it earlier that this was a Red River shootout where um, (coughs) basically you could pick any player at any position across and celebrate, you know, The game that they had. We had safeties who were great, interior linemen, offensive linemen, wide receivers, running backs. I mean, you pick and and, and there's names galore. There's seniors, there's freshmen, there's all kinds of things. But the person who I want to really shout out is Hudson Card. And just kind of the remembering how good we have it, right? This was Quinn Ewers coming back. Sark said in his presser, he didn't tell them his final decision until he saw him practice. It was about Thursday when they both knew he was going to be the starter. Um, Card had started the past few games admirably and had done great and had led Texas. We didn't get the win we wanted in Tech, but it had led us in, against UTSA to a win. Uh, West Virginia, he looked great. He basically was getting better every game. You know, We just did the thing for the team and then immediately went back to his role to saying, okay, w- what else can I do to help the team? I'll be the backup. We'll let Quinn go out there and shine. And when you looked across the country this week, specifically this week, it showed through. You saw a guy we love, but a guy who was making his first career start for Bama and Jalen Milroe have a tough one. Three turnovers that absolutely made Texas and A&M look like, you know, they belonged on the field with Alabama, which shouldn't have, right? They outgained them by hundreds of yards. But, you know, those turnovers and, and another one from Alabama made it look like it was almost a game, which it was, kind of. Um, Jalen Daniels goes down for Kansas, and they lose their first one. I mean, any, any team to lose a quarterback is tough, but a, a team with Kansas – Past couple of years, uh, ability to recruit on like five shared wins across the past three years, um, you don't get a lot of backups there. And and Kentucky, Will Levis as a guy has been talked about. Is maybe he jumps everybody in the in the NFL draft and it's the top quarterback taken. People like his co- pro quarterback style, and and they you know were barely able to muster anything, uh, and they lost this week. Arkansas when they had to go you know when when you have one big giant quarterback and and he's not there uh, with an injury saw them look putrid i mean auburn got 10 points it was georgia but you know didn't ever look like doing anything in that game uh, which is a big rivalry game for them with their backup it just a lot of teams absolutely crumbled in the transfer portal era it's hard to keep a backup and keep them engaged and i think you know as tough as it was and probably people gave stark guff all off season i think this was very specifically the scenario that they were preparing for the worst case scenario where you have to have two guys ready because something happens to your starter and again I don't you can look across the country and I don't know if you will see a better example of a backup stepping up and and writing and readying the ship and and again if he chooses at the end of the year when he graduates to transfer out and go somewhere and be the starter more probably two more power to you Hudson we'll cheer like we did for Shane Buchel right we'll cheer for your whole career we'll cheer you on the next level if you make it there like you will be a longhorn for life and you will have fans the gutsiness even while being injured to carry this team through so we didn't completely implode and we have a chance to be optimistic about this second half of our season now that we have viewers back I think the golden hat belonged to to sit on Hudson cards head as much as it did anyone else's right. Even if he didn't complete a pass in this game, he played a huge role in, in bridging the the kind of rough opening part to our season to, to where we are today with a little bit of hope and optimism going forward.
0: You and I have said it before, like Hudson card played winning football throughout the stretch, whether it was Alabama, whether it was Texas tech, he obviously played winning football, um, in the other games as well. But like he, he, he was a guy that came in and Stark said it, um, you know, early in the season, like we're going to need Hudson. Like we're going to need Hudson. He said it himself. And this is one of those things. Like you mentioned Shane Buchel, like specifically, like this is one of those things that he is a, he's going to get his T ring. He's graduated. He wanted to graduate from the university of Texas. It's his dream. Like I get that. I respect that. Um, But like he could have very well just been like, no, I'm good like that. And he would have been. I wouldn't have begrudged him. I'd have been upset about it, but I wouldn't have begrudged him a moment because you only get one football career. You only get one opportunity to play football, and in most of these guys, this is their the end of their career. They will never play another meaningful snap of football again. And so, like seeing him stay engaged, getting him to the point where he's going to have some eligibility left moving forward, like I am just so thoroughly impressed with that kid. I like he is. Like, the kind of guy that you want your kids to grow up to be. Like, I cannot say it any other way. So, I'm banging the drum this week um, on Cameron Dicker's mindset and how we should take it. So, they talked um, – Cameron Dicker, if you don't know, got – was, like, signed to the practice squad this week and then came in and kicked a go-ahead field goal to win the Philadelphia Eagles a game, uh, which was great, right? But they asked him about the, the – The kick and like what pressure he was under and how did you prepare for it, blah, 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 blah. And he literally said to the interviewer, I didn't treat it like any other kick. I just, just go out there and make it, right? Like that's your mindset as a kicker. And I want to encourage Texas fans with this. I am already seeing conversations around who do we need to be cheering for to optimize Texas's position to make it into Arlington. I'm seeing Twitter posts about it. I'm seeing group chats about it. And I'm going to say this as plainly as I can. If Texas finishes its food this year, they don't we don't need to worry about anybody else. Texas is in position to just finish its plate. And if Texas finishes its plate, they have a shot to avenge that one loss, right? Because Texas Tech could not lose another game, and they would play in Arlington, and you get another crack at it. That's probably not what's going to happen. But Texas, all they have to do, finish your plate. Finish your food. Like, the teams in front, do not worry. And this is not just for um, Texas. Fans. Hopefully the players feel this way, and I'm sure they do because Sark has mentioned it specifically. But, like, don't worry about all that. Like, don't start the conversation. Don't worry about the noise. Just finish your food. I have a five-year-old with ADHD, and after this conversation every stinking night at dinner. Don't worry about your brothers. Don't worry about what's going on under the table. Don't worry about anything else. Just finish your plate, and everything else will work itself out. And that is the mindset that Texas needs to have going into the rest of the season. Just finish your plate, and everything else will work itself out.
1: Remember, you won that game last week. Oh, you didn't lose it. You went out and won it. You did what you had to do. You were the Cheese it Bulls national team of the week. You woke up the cheesiest. And so, you know, just every week, that's that's my advice for this team. Just go out there and wake up feeling the cheesiest. Like, put that um, that mature cheese all over whoever has the unfortunate uh, displeasure of, of coming up and facing the Longhorns. If they have a defense that gives up 24 yards in 23 plays, two of those coming on the first and last play of the half. That's right, 22 of the 24 net yards that Texas gave up in the second half were on the first and last play of the half, two plays. Otherwise, they gave up two net yards in the second half. If you have a team, a defense that can do that, an offense that can score and execute the way you have to feel confident, but you have to block everything else out. And you have to go in with the optimized mindset that you had in this one where you are going to beat the other team. You don't have to worry about them losing. You don't have to worry about someone giving you anything. Go out and beat your opponent.
0: Just finish your plate. And that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet?
1: Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer.
0: Follow me on Twitter. I am at G H Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod, Facebook, and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail So we'll be back on Thursday with your full Iowa State preview. We'll also have some BOL for you, some Godzilla Tron, all that fun stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in again this weekend. Until next time, hook 'em.
1: Hook 'em. It's nine twenty three PM and like honestly, very much seriously. Oh you still, sucks. still sucks. They suck.